Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. And today we are joined by nobody. It's just me. I'm sure you'll hear Jill in the background as we were uh, getting ready to record. Uh, she she coughed. Unfortunately, she's under the weather. Um, and you'll also hear our ever omnipresent, adorable co-host Luna, because um, she's around and wants to be loved. Uh, so today we are doing another let's talk about with no particular topic in mind. Um, on to today's topic as I throw a frisbee for loons. She is so cute. Uh, so today's probably going to be a shorter episode. We're going to do some thoughts on some uh, media and then uh, just some some life updates. So to kick it off, I recently revisited the show Studio 60. Um, to me, it's underrated. It's 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 really good. Um, there's stuff Aaron Sorkin feels about God in there that I, I really disagree disagree with. Um, but the acting's solid. The story's enjoyable, um, and it's nice seeing Matthew Perry do some some drama. There is comedy in it, and the cast is all really stellar. Um, but most of the time, when you think Math- Matthew Perry, you think Friends or Mr. Sunshine. Or uh, that got like seven episodes. There was another show he was on. I can't remember, but it was quite enjoyable. Um, it got two seasons. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see him do some drama. Uh, if you ever get the chance to check it out, it's, it's probably Sorkin's least known show. Um, and again, you're not watching it for any theology content. Um, to me, there's nothing too racy. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, moving on. Uh, the other thing I recently visited um, was uh, Dragon Ball Z Kai, which I, I got partway through and then I kind of hopped off. I may pick it back up. Uh, what I enjoy a lot about it is it streamlines uh, so many of the the sagas. It, it condenses them. It gets rid of the majority of the filler, um, which is great. But you get to 36 episodes in, and it's, I forgot just how long the, what you call the Frieza saga is, because there's the Namek saga, then the, the Ginyu Force saga, which, and, and then the Frieza saga, which their original runs, oh my goodness, they would have taken forever to finish. Um, but even in this, like, even shortening it down, um, it's still like you're at 36 episodes in uh by the time you get to 29 it becomes the ginyu saga or the 30th episode and then the 36th episode is i believe where the frieza saga starts i'm just like i kind of want to keep going with this because it's been helpful um with some stuff going on recently which i'll i'll get to um it's been a very nice distraction but it's still like I hit a point where I'm like I, I gotta I gotta hop off man like there's I enjoy the story I enjoy the performances I especially enjoy the fact that Gohan gets incredibly less annoying as the show goes um, but still it's just I I know there's more to it it just might not be for me even the abridged version but um, the the theme song is wonderful. Uh. So that's something I've been checking out. Um, of course, I've been revisiting uh, Power Rangers because, well, not a month goes by where I don't revisit Power Rangers. Um, I actually just picked up. It hasn't arrived yet. Uh, 
Zio on on DVD. It's in two volumes. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Over Christmas, I started visiting, uh, revisiting Zio, and I'm probably going to revisit Mighty Morphin proper and eventually pick up the show. Um, at some point soon, I might start doing watch-alongs uh, with some of the various Power Rangers shows, especially, maybe especially the ones I haven't seen. Um, as much as I like providing the background information, um, it's still uh, it's still a bit... It's still interesting to watch it with fresh eyes. I could not finish that sentence. Um, let's see. At the start of the year, I also... Um, this is going to get mentioned in an upcoming episode, which was recorded while we were on break. Um, and I'm going to I'm gonna open up a bit about that, because there's been a lot of stuff that I've recorded before I'm in this current situation. Um, but we'll get to that, where... Uh, I revisited, I, I downloaded Audible, not a plug, but hey, Audible, if you want to be a sponsor, let's work something out. Um, please, seriously. <laughs> um, where I downloaded Audible, uh, when you sign up for the free trial, you get two free credits, so you get two free books. Um, and after revisiting um, The Lost World, the movie, and then Jurassic World, and then um, I still can't pronounce the guy's name. Um, Kden or Kaylin Fioni. He's got a YouTube channel, uh, uh, Jurassic Park related, and it's excellent. I uh, I downloaded um, through Audible Jurassic Park and then The Lost World. And I used to say, hey, I'd love a movie based on Jurassic Park, um, the book. And now I'm like, no, don't do a movie. Do a series. Do like a 10 to 15 episode series. Um, It'd be, it, it lends itself to long-form storytelling. Uh, you could do some really creative things with uh, incorporating some of the point-of-view uh, sections and the, the prologue into uh, various scenes. Just I started listening to it again after finishing The Lost World, uh, so now I'm on my second read-through or listen-through of Jurassic Park. And the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, this would make an excellent show. You could do so much where it could be interesting. And it's so different enough that you don't need to worry about being in the movie's shadow. The movie is, to me, perfect. It's excellent. Um, the book is something else entirely. And that something else else is equally wonderful and, and awesome. Uh, so you could title it something like Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. And it could lead into the lost world and i used to look down a bit on the lost world book because i was like it's it's just a rehash of jurassic park but it's not it's its own thing it's very different um is it as good no but is it good yes it's it's a really enjoyable book um to the point that i'm like i want more give me more give me more jurassic park um that's not from and it's not knock but not from spielberg or um Trevorrow. Um, unfortunately, we can't get more uh, Jurassic Park or stuff from Michael Crichton's perspective because he's passed. But if you could do, uh, if if you could give a, a show, that'd be great. Um, outside of one person in mind, I don't know who they'd cast. Um, actually, two people in mind. You could get um, BD. No, yeah, is it BD Wong? Um, I think it's BD Wong back as a. Uh, Dr. Henry, Henry Wu, um, but also just, yeah, just got him back. Um, 
But also, I would love Michael Fassbender as Ian Malcolm. To me, that just makes sense. Um, yeah, he could he could do great. He could do great in it. All right, so on to the next thing. Uh, viewer, this is the most you've ever seen me with a frisbee. You should see Luna. Let me see if I can show her. Oh, there she is. Sorry about that. Um, there we go. Yeah, that Eastwick shirt looks good. Um, next up, I want to talk about Star Trek Picard. Uh, the first episode dropped, um, so I checked it out. I, I really, really liked it. Um, I actually watched it twice yesterday. Um, first time earlier in the day, and then later Jill wanted to watch it, so I watched it with her. It was probably a bit annoying while we were watching it, because right after the intro I paused, I'm like, what did you think? And she's like, just let me watch. Um, but it was just like, I... I, I really, really dug it. Um, this will be a little spoilery, but by the time this is up, the, the first episode will be weeks ago. So deal with it. Um, uh, introducing introducing the Dash or Dasha uh, character, um, getting you behind her and then killing her off before the last 15 minutes of the episode you're like what um i really enjoyed picard's reasoning for leaving the federation um that whole interview segment was so well acted um and it it brought up some really interesting things about trek because uh, i even saw some reaction online where people were, were upset um because they're like well, it's a utopia. They shouldn't be saying Romulan lives like it diminishes the Romulans. But it makes sense that they would because even humanity at its perfection would still be flawed and everything. It's something that we've seen less so but crop up throughout Trek's history. Um, and the Romulans outside of times being at best like tenacious partners um, in a w allies in a war, like they've never been like full on like allies as the federation has been with the klingons um so the romulans have always been like shady and everything so it doesn't make sense that oh, okay well yeah they died we're gonna suddenly treat them better now um to me that makes sense and especially coming from most of the humans we interact with throughout trek are in the the federation um we don't interact with a lot of civilians, so I, I dug interacting with a person from Earth and their negative views towards the Romulans. Um, I forgot how much Mike said it when we were, uh, when a while ago, when we talked about Rogue One, where he's like, I forgot voices age. And you heard that in James Earl Jones, um, especially in that first Darth Vader uh, scene in the movie. In this, yeah, I forgot how much voices age, and you hear it in Patrick Stewart's voice, but also in uh, Brent Spinner's voice, or Spiner, because um, he is back as Data, um, but in dream sequences, because in Star Trek Nemesis, Data dies. He sacrifices himself to save the crew, to save Picard. Um, and they there is B4, also played by Brent Spiner, but as the show goes on, you find out, like, B4's gone. He's been deconstructed. Um, it It's cool because you you're back to these characters, but then the characters have, have aged. Um, the first episode does an amazing job saying it up. 
getting you on board with Picard. At points you feel bad for Picard because they're showing like, hey, dude's old. He's 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 old. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, at one point, Dash or Dasher, someone is running... Uh, not someone, it's that character, I just can't remember her name properly. She is running with Picard, fleeing from uh, these Romulans who are trying to kill her. Because, spoiler, she is a... Uh, she's an android. Um, and in the show, androids randomly, like, revolted and caused destruction on Mars. Mars so now they're, they are outlawed. She's not supposed to exist. Um... These Romulans are trying to kill her. She can sense them. So she's running up these stairs to get away and she's dragging Picard and you're like, oh man, this is this has got to be rough for him. And at points he's kind of, not out loud wheezing, but like you can see, he's he's not the young spry man that he was. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that the it wasn't Jean-Luc running around with a gun. It wasn't um, the next generation films, Picard. It made sense to where the character was um, how he can be a huge part of the story, but he's also, he can drive the action, but not be the action star. Um, I really, really like that. I'm excited to see where we go. Um, cause it set up all these questions that you want answered. Um, the preview at the end for the rest of the season was really interesting. Um, we know Jerry Ryan's back as seven of nine. We know, we know that Riker is, is back in Troy is back in. Um, there's been a lot of rumors that Hugh is going to make an appearance. So this, this could be really, really interesting and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, Picard, uh, like five minutes in, I'm like, I'm in. And by the end of the episode, I'm like, I loved it. Uh, whereas with discovery, like five minutes in, I'm like, I hate this, but I'm going to try to finish it. And then I got through that episode and then I got to the second episode and it only made it worse. So maybe eventually I'll give discovery another shot. But it's nice really enjoying uh, something coming out for Trek on the TV front. Because uh, apparently Star Trek Four, that wasn't going to happen, that then got greenlit, has now been cancelled again. So, we'll, we'll go on. Paramount, make up your mind. Uh, I also want to quickly talk about um, Harley Quinn or Birds of Prey and the fantastical, fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn whatever that the the very long title was. Um, and it's now actually just being called Harley Quinn in, uh, I believe, in Japan. Um, so Jill and I kind of saw that on a whim. And I, I really ended up really enjoying it. Now, I'll, I'll be straight up and honest. I was ready to write that off. Uh, the marketing had been terrible. And Suicide Squad, it, in my opinion, was not good. It had some good things, but the, the execution was a, a, a really big mess. Um, but when we set, we had the chance to see Harley Quinn on a, uh, on a cheap night, so we, we went and saw it, and it, it really surprised me. Um, it, it really, really surprised me. Now, I had completely forgotten that it was rated R, so PG-13, you get in, uh, you can use one F-word as long as it's not sexual in context. Um, but that's it. You get one F-bomb. Uh, and then on the second F-bomb that happened pretty soon after, I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is rated R. I totally forgot about that. Um, so there is that. So if language is something that is uh, upsetting to you or can uh, 
negatively influence you just on that alone. I'd say don't watch it. Um, but the thing is, it's uh, it's surprisingly enjoyable, and it's one of the few movies that's come out recently um, where there's not a giant divide between uh, fans and critics. Um, it's been a while since I saw it, but around opening weekend, um, even though it was very much underperforming. Um, which uh, we'll get into for a little bit, um, but in a minute. Uh, even though it was underperforming, like it was, uh, those scores were were pretty even. Generally speaking, those that went to see the movie really dug it. Um, it, it it's not perfect. Um, one of the things, so spoilers. Um, one of the things that I really, really did not like about it was. Um, Cassandra Kane. The character that they had in that movie named Cassandra Kane is not Cassandra Kane. Uh, I've spoken before about what I think works as a good adaptation. Um, to me, what I'm watching has to, at least in spirit or in some way, resemble the character that I have I've been reading for for ages. Or if you're adapting it from a cartoon to a live action, like there there has to be resemblance. Um, I'm not saying it has to be a hundred percent spitting image. Now, of course we'd love that, but that's never going to be the case as you're, as you're changing from one medium to another and going from people who aren't like lifelong fans slavishly devoted to what's been done, um, to this new, to this new medium, a uh, shorter medium, uh, like there, there always are always going to be differences, but there still needs to be at least some uh, resemblance. And the only resemblance, truthfully, to me, is that um, the girl was Asian and she was younger. That That's it. That's where the resemblances end. Cassandra Kane in the comics is an amazing character. She's almost mute. Uh, she was trained by assassins. She was a fantastic Batgirl. Um, and then new DC stupidly kind of wrote her away in the New 52, and my understanding is they brought her back. Um, she's a really, really cool character. And that's not who we got in the movie. Um, not even close, like not at all. You could have named that character anybody else and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have changed the movie characters point. So that their story. And to me, that's a huge thing. Like if you're going to be adapting characters, um, they shouldn't just be interchangeable. These are characters. They have great stories that people are big fans of. Uh, to me, that was the disappointment of the movie. Um, the rest I, I really enjoyed. They changed up uh, Black Canary. Um, and that is what that is. The actress did a great job. Uh, Margot Robbie did a... Her, her, she did her Harley Quinn great. Now, that's not in the politicized, like, not my. But the Harley Quinn I will always, always really go back to and appreciate is the... Harley Quinn we got in Batman the animated series and the the DC animated universe the Tim verse um, the Harley that I believe she showed up in Superman she showed up in I can't remember I think she showed up in Justice League I'm not a hundred percent but she did show up in Batman Batman Beyond and then the like that Harley uh, informed the original comic run Harley and she was very much like that in the Arkham games so that that's just my preference for Harley and that's not Margot Robbie's Harley. Um, but I still enjoy Margot Robbie's Harley, and she did she did a great job. 
the two people who stole the movie for me though were uh ewan mcgregor uh now his black mask isn't necessarily the best representation of black mask from the comics but again adaptations there's enough there that i'm like okay i still i still see it it's a very different take but mcgregor was so funny um that i i know i was annoying other people in the in the theater because i was laughing at times that i shouldn't have but just the all to me the fun he was having in this performance was infectious so then even in a serious scene that i shouldn't be laughing i'm laughing at because i'm just like he's just going all in on this and that joy is infectious um and then mary elizabeth winstead who played huntress who again a, a different adaptation but still a good one she was great uh she was the fish out of water and so serious but it worked in the comedy um don't write off the movie like it it, it unfortunately did get written off um heck i i wrote it off um based on the marketing now let, we'll, we'll talk a little bit the uh there's so many theories behind why the movie movie bombed and one that i i really disagree with um is that it, it bombed because of because of sexism i don't really think that's the case um i don't like i i disagree with the argument that oh people didn't go see it because it, it's a movie starring women captain marvel wonder woman both did great did great business now i know one of those films was more upsetting to a fan base than the other i digress um like especially with comic book movies there's a huge audience and a huge audience of men that are there for this and there's a huge number of men who are giant fans of female comic book characters uh to me part of the thing is it's a dc film and those are very hit or miss they with the exception of wonder woman don't really make marvel money fully um at least that's not their their track record there's certain exceptions but not the overall rule um and then there's other people who said like who took the to me frankly dumb stance like oh it's just an sjw comic book movie and i really don't think that holds any water if you've watched the movie i've heard some people talk about in that movie how it's like really anti-men and all that i did not get that i really felt like we were watching two different movies and the point the point they'll be like is like well not one of the male characters is redeeming and to me none of them should be because no, and none of the characters are redeeming like the main four are they're better in quotations people than others but it's showing that all the characters like all the characters in that flick are flawed some are killing for just and i'm using quotations reasons and they're doing things because of x y and z but the majority of the characters who get screen time uh and the majority of the main characters and the male characters in the movie none of them are shown in a good light because none of them are supposed to be 90 percent of the men in the movie work for criminal organizations you're not supposed to look for good qualities in 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 black mask like i enjoyed the character even though he's a terrible character because of the performance but you're not looking at him being like oh he's supposed to represent like good good masculine qualities no he's not none of the male characters are supposed to represent good qualities they're all supposed to represent bad flawed people and they do that in spades um i would feel this way if it if that was the case with the women characters or insert anything like it you're focused on 
characters in a very flawed, very evil setting, they're not supposed to be representative of good. Um, so I, I just don't see it. There was only one time in the in the movie where I was like, okay, that's a little heavy-handed, where uh, Cassandra Kane said to Harley, like, you're not the only one who can rob dumb rich white men, which I was confused by the line. I, one, I felt the line was heavy-handed, but then two, it came after she pickpocketed... <laughs> She pickpocketed uh, a rich white man. She pickpocketed a enforcer. She pickpocketed a woman. She pickpocketed um, a black man, or and I think a black woman. Like she just walked down the street pickpocketing everybody. But it was just like just focusing on that. And Harley's beef in the movie, what at that time of the movie was with everybody. It wasn't just with the rich white guy of Roman Sionis. Uh, so it was just that even just structurally, I'm like, that's a little out of place. Um, but the movies, the movie was really enjoyable. Um, I don't know how, if it's still in theaters, truthfully. Um, but if you get the chance, check it out. You could tell this is what the original vibe for Suicide Squad was going to be. And it would have been much better. Also, there was a nice, uh, there was a couple nice references to Suicide Squad. Um, including once one time spot where Harley's breaking in to a police station and she sees a, uh, a captain boomerang, uh, wanted poster. And she's like, Hey, I know that guy. And captain boomerang is the only time Jai Courtney has ever been good in the movie. So, and he was quite funny in his screen time in suicide squad. So I appreciated that. Um, honestly, the main reason I think the movie underperformed is it's a Disney. It's sorry, not a Disney. It's a DC movie. And those are generally hit or miss. Um, they don't, many of them don't do huge, huge, like billion dollar crossing uh, numbers, which also remember when crossing a billion dollars used to be a big deal and not if you don't hit a billion, like you're, you're underperforming. I miss those days. Um, I, I do honestly think it had a lot to do with the marketing. The marketing for the movie was uh, terrible. Uh, the trailers did not tell the story of what the movie was going to be. It did not set you up. Now, a fair criticism of trailers is they tell you too much, um, but they also should tell you something. They shouldn't spoil the movie for you, but a lot of people who I ended up reading the reactions, they're like, I did not know this movie was going to be like a breakup movie because uh, that's what facilitates Harley's story. She breaks up and ends things with the Joker, and that sets her off on her journey, and that sets her off on intersecting with the 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 birds of prey. Um, that, that some of that could have been included in the trailer, so people would have known what the movie was. Um, they really should have emphasized. They emphasized in everything else but the title. They should have been Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, because the Birds of Prey are really supporting characters in this, and it could set up their own stories. Um, but that's not what you got. And the, the marketing just didn't reflect the movie. Um, it, it wasn't good. To me, that is the main reason. Um, and it being R-rated didn't necessarily help it. Like, I don't really recall anything about it, its marketing out now being like, hey, we're R-rated. Deadpool, when the first one dropped, it went out of its way to go and show like, look, we're R-rated. We are this, like, this is not your standard comic book movie. Logan did the same thing. Like you could, you knew they 
mentioned it in everything. I don't remember much with this one, so that also is going to impact because if PG-13, that's the largest audience you can get. Um, and that, that, that hit it. So if you can, check it out. But like I said, if the uh, if swearing or something is going to be ne a negative impact on you, then maybe you shouldn't. Um, but give it a chance if, you, if that's not going to be an issue. The other thing I wanted to quickly talk about was uh, Jill and I were recently, although it kind of petered out, um, and it makes sense why, we were on a Bond-a-thon um, with the uh, upcoming Bond 25, No Time to Die, I think, or No Day to Die. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, it's a very Bond title. Uh, it's coming up, so we revisited um, the last three out of four uh, Daniel Craig Bond films. We, we skipped Quantum. I might We might revisit that. Um, and then we jumped into the Pierce Brosnan era and that one is interesting. I actually feel really, really bad for Pierce Brosnan. Um, Goldeneye is definitely his best movie, but it's more so than Casino Royale. Casino Royale, you could say is, is a product of its time. Uh, but it's more so I'd say with the tech and everything in it. Um, but Goldeneye is a product of its time in so many ways, uh, not just the technology, but the style of shooting, the, the, just how the action was, the insane amount of sexual innuendo. I forgot just how sexual innuendous uh, this, uh, the Brosnan movies were. So we watched Goldeneye and then we did watch, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which was better than I remembered. Um, but still not still not great. And that's the thing. I'm like, Brosnan had a good Bond in him, but his movies got progressively worse. Um, and I might revisit the earlier Bond movies because most of the early ones I've seen maybe once. Um, so I do, I do want to revisit, especially since they are now definitively like, look, this is Craig's last flick. Um, so And then we're going to see what's going to happen. They're probably going to have to reboot because this one was very much like, look, this is James Bond. This person is named James Bond. This Daniel Craig is James Bond. Uh, whereas before it was just, it was the character, but the actor could come in and replace it. They, you, I don't think you can do that as much with this one. So yeah, just wanted to talk about those as well. So that's it on the pop culture front uh, that I wanted to talk about. So now here's a little bit of a, of a life update. Um, so let me dive in a couple weeks ago. Um, we got the unfortunate news that, um, my, uh, my teammates and I for the housing project we're working for, uh, unfortunately our agency didn't receive funding for the, uh, f for the new year. So as of April 1st, I'm not going to have a job, um, Without getting too deep into it, um, last year was really, really rough, and the past couple years, work-wise, have been really, really rough. Uh, I almost said woof. Um, there's been a lot of tremendous blessings from God during these rough times, um, at work and in uh, at going on with stuff with family. Um, God has been in it, and just as I know God is in it now. But um, 2019 kicked the crap out of me. Uh, it ended on a good note, but then coming into this year, 
uh, and getting that news, like, I'm, I'm down. Uh, my mild depression is kicking the crap out of me right now. Um, earlier I alluded to an episode that I had recorded. I'm probably never going to post that because anybody who, who writes or creates stuff, um, create stuff who, uh, who has also been through depression knows like even your hobbies, the things that you enjoy, uh, can lose that, that, that joy that they, that they give you. Uh, so when I was recording an episode, as I sat down, I was excited to do it, but as it went on, um, I just got defeated. Like I just, I, I felt really, really down and I didn't want to do it. And you could hear it. You could hear it as it went. Uh, so even though I finished it, that's never going to see the light of day. Um, heck, even earlier today, as I was editing tomorrow's episode, because let's shatter the illusion, I'm recording on a Sunday, um, and tomorrow's episode, well, it's Monday, there's an episode, unless it's, it's a holiday, I got an episode coming out. Um, oh, 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 sorry, I got distracted. Um, yeah, even earlier today, as I was finishing up that I was going to record this and then as I was finishing it up it's the desire got crushed um my yeah my mild depression doesn't feel so mild um I'm losing motivation at work um because there's still a lot of unknown and even though I know God is in this and I know God will get me my uh my agency and my two wonderful teammates through as well. Um, it's still, we're in a lot of not knowing and still living through this stuff before you get to the end sometimes really, really sucks. Um, so there's days where I'm okay. And then a lot of days where I'm not, I'm just, I'm down. Um, I, I, I can't deal with people the way I used to. Um, and to that, I mean, even a well-meaning text from a loved one or a friend just asking how it's going, sometimes I can't respond. Uh, I'll read it, I'll appreciate it, but normally I used to be able to respond right away, but right now it's like I, I can't um, some days. It's like I read it and then I gotta leave it alone for a couple hours just until the anxiety or whatever it is that I'm feeling that's making me not be able to respond like goes away and it's like, hey, thank you for reaching out. It's just, this is going on. Uh, today and I, I feel really crappy. Um, so it's it has not been fun. Uh, hopefully by the time this is posted, uh, there will have been some answers, <laughs> or uh, I I will find something. Uh, so I will have employment on April first. Um, yeah. So if you can, please keep me in your prayers. Um, please keep my my family in your prayers. Um, they're all doing well, and there's been some good news about some uh, a pregnancy, which is wonderful and exciting. Um, but also, along with that, just pray for a safe pregnancy. Um, yeah, please just uh, keep me and my family uh, and my teammates uh, in your prayers. I just wanted to be open and honest, um, and it's easier to, to do that here sometimes. Uh, this, this episode was... Um, partially inspired by a uh, recent episode re recent episode <laughs> recent episode of uh, redeemed otaku where bex and tim uh started getting really real about uh a very scary time they had back in november into december 
Um, and that that's that's kind of motivational uh, to be that raw and open, but also asking for prayer. So this is a way where I can update uh, people and ask for prayer, but also I feel in a way where I can do it where I don't have to be uh, locked in anxiety about responding. <laughs> um, so please uh, keep me in your prayers. Uh, keep this in your prayers and everyone else I mentioned. I think that's about going to be uh, it for today. So thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care and God bless my friends. Peace. Thank you.